everyone, and welcome to Two Pills Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Dr. Eleanor Ellie Vote with us as our guest today. So just to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your teaching style? Absolutely. I'm delighted to be here. Um, My teaching style is a learning style. I consider myself a learner, and that's what it's all about. Um, When somebody asks me in the classroom, you know, who should learn the most, I always say the teacher. (laughs) Because if the teacher's not learning, um, then learning isn't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's the process. So um, I, um, I, I really try to live that, and I consider the that it's a community of learners. It's not a classroom. We're all learning together. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a dialogue. <clears throat> and learning learning <clears throat> excuse me is an active change process, an internal active change process. So if that's not happening, learning's not happening. Mm-hmm. So that's my philosophy. That's where I'm coming from. So in Fantastic. A nutshell. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so can you tell us um, when did you know you wanted to be a teacher? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was about eight. Really? Uh, yeah, because I already started teaching. My folks tell me, my parents tell me, yeah, you were already telling people what to do at the age of eight. And I, and I said, yeah, I like it. <laughs> so Perfect. literally, I started um, designing neighborhood programs on different things, um, and um, I never lost track of that. It was always in the background, you mm-hmm. know, for me, and it comes naturally, and I enjoy it. And I get feedback that I'm good at it. So, wow. So, why not do it? <laughs> Great. Yeah. And can you tell us, um, in the time that you've been teaching, is there a teaching strategy that's gone particularly well? And then maybe a teaching strategy that hasn't gone so well? Well, I can well? tell you what doesn't go well at all is lecture. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I agree. Yeah. And I don't enjoy it. And the students don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I don't like racing through material. Um, so, those are no-nos, okay? Mm-hmm. And I really believe, um, this is a quote from a uh, British poet, William uh, um, W.B. Yeats, mm-hmm. which is, teaching is not filling a bucket. Teaching is lighting a fire, okay? And that's the approach I take. So um, when we have real dialogue, um, as in the session we just finished, the real learning and excitement takes place after we did the presentations and the room. You know, the answer's mm-hmm. in the room. Absolutely. So having people talk about their experiences and share, and that's what it's all about. So the dynamic that goes really well for me is when everybody is involved. And sometimes that takes physical movement. I actually have people get up and move. You know, I love that. S- sitting is the new smoking. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, um, and if your listeners, I'm sure they might be familiar with Amy Cuddy's work, Harvard researcher, who has her students get up and do the superwoman move, hands on the hips, and strut around. Um, she's actually measured levels, testosterone levels. In two minutes of doing this, testosterone levels can actually be measured, which is your feeling of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, your immune levels strengthen. Okay, it's all measurable just in two minutes. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful the mind-body relationship is. So f- getting students uh, or anybody to physically move, as we just had 300 people, I had 300 people stand up and, you know, do the hand and move around, do the virtual high-five because social engagement, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we see, <clears throat> not only in pharmacy but in students in general, um, this concept, I'm all alone. You know, nobody's going through what I go through. Absolutely. Isolation and not feeling connected. Mm -hmm. And that's the opening to major disease, Mm -hmm. mental and physical. And can you talk a little bit more about that as far as your role with students Mm -hmm. and, you know, the issues that they may face as they're in pharmacy school? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Number one, that they feel all alone. So the first thing we do is get them to share. 
Okay, what's your story? What's your story? Okay, so uh, they recognize that they're not all alone. And um, the um, the high, you know, I, I actually literally have them go around and do virtual high fives. You know, in this day and age, you need a waiver to hug a student, <laughs> but <laughs> but high fives or even virtual high fives, you know, <laughs> yeah. really important, really important. One of the um, uh, deep. Uh, one of the you know I, I deal a lot with um, basic life skill, skills the things we should have learned in kindergarten you know Absolutely. and maybe we did learn but we forgot <laughs> but but now it's time to wake up and remember okay and uh, one of the uh, basic skills I use all the time and by the way this is all about me I mean <laughs> if I'm not doing it and and when I share it I Absolutely. own it so it's all yeah. about me so um, there's a wonderful technique called heart appreciation, um, which is where uh, you move into appreciation. Let yourself literally feel appreciation in your heart. Imagine you're actually breathing through your heart space. How lovely is that, huh? Mm-hmm. And let yourself actually feel appreciation, okay? And your immune levels are rising. Your blood pressure is falling. Cortisol levels are falling. There's actually more blood flow to the forebrain. You actually problem solve better. You think better. Um and I remind my students of this. You know, you're paying big money to sit in those seats. Absolutely. So why not take advantage and be as optimal as you can be in mm-hmm. a learning mode? And this is the the easiest way to do it and the fastest way. You can literally do this in just uh, a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Just move into appreciation. Um, some people are just so out of touch with that. You know, so I literally walk them through, you know, how to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. um, and then say, once you got it, you got it. Okay. And I always remember Oprah Winfrey. I saw an interview with her once. Where she said, um, my grand- she was raised by her grandmother. Mm-hmm. So her grandmother told her when she was a young girl, every night, I never want you to not do this. Every night when you go to bed, before you fall asleep, I want you to identify three things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And Oprah says, I have never not done that. And I think by anybody's measure, Oprah is a fairly successful, happy woman. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it works for her. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's pass it. And, and the, the science is there. There's mm-hmm. an abundant uh, body of research that shows when you move into appreciation, positive thoughts, mm-hmm. um, you generate positive feelings. And your body responds to that. Your body hears every word you say. There's a wonderful book by Barbara Levine that, that says that. Your body hears every word you say. Um, so your thoughts um, predict your feelings. Your feelings are just shadows of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way, okay? So wherever you put your thought, you're putting your attention, that's the feeling you're going to generate. And science tells us, I've heard n- varying numbers, but they say any, t- any place between 58,000 and 78,000 thoughts uh, a, a minute. Uh, I'm sorry. A day. We Isn't have. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, where are you putting your attention? I love this analogy. Uh, do you remember the old um, computer um, video games for children? And they're still around. Very primitive. You know, like there'd be a picture of a house, and then you could take your little cursor and you could put it on the door, and the door would open, and then you could put your cursor on the cup, the cupboard, and then the dancing mice would come out, mm-hmm. you know, or you'd put it on a flower pot and the, you know, flowers. Flower would, come out, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. Wherever you put your attention, mm-hmm. okay, your, your whole body, mind and body is responding, okay, and that's how you generate your feelings, and that's how you generate your behavior and the outcomes. Absolutely. So that can be both positive and negative. Right, whatever you're focusing on. Exactly. And we have all kinds of evidence, especially coming for folks looking at medical students, because medicine has been into this longer than we have. Mm-hmm. 
um, looking at the kinds of thoughts that medical students generate uh, about, you know, imposter, imposter syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. how did I get here? Why am I here? I'm not good enough. Right. I shouldn't be here. I yeah. shouldn't be here. Yeah. Which leads to shame and embarrassment, which leads to anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So clear. So now if we turn that model around and we say, okay, our thoughts are going to be of appreciation and gratitude and positive stories. That leads to my feelings of I I am good enough, I feel confident, I'm focused, I'm centered. That leads to resiliency, the ability to deal with life. I mean, what we're talking about here are basic life skills, as I mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. what we should have learned in kindergarten. Um, That's what this is all about. I mean, I certainly believe in, um, and I know I'm sort of moving off track here. No, you're fine. Um, I believe certainly intervention professional intervention is appropriate when it's appropriate, you mm-hmm. know, uh, professional um, intervention and, and medicine when appropriate. But if we go a little upstream, in fact, if we go way upstream, uh, you know, how did we get there? Mm-hmm. You know, can we, can we prevent, um, you know, going downstream with those kinds of um, uh, disastrous results? Yeah. Okay. So let's get more of the science into the core curriculum because mm-hmm. the science is there. It's been there for years. I mean, the quantum physicists have told, 40 years ago, quantum physicists showed that the observer affects the observed, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not even time relevant. It's so clear in, um, that, um, that what, how we see things uh, is a reflection of what's going on in our own heads, mm-hmm. in our own mind. It's an inside job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, it's a hallucination. We're all hallucinating positively or <laughs> negatively, right? Exactly. Yeah, and the cognitive scientists, the neurocognitive science that's coming out on this issue is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And there's great, uh, you know, tell your um, your listeners, go to YouTube. YouTube's filled with these uh, scientists, um, University of London, univer- you know, major universities, breakthroughs in understanding how we project what's inside to what we're seeing, our, our perceptions particularly, our, the filters we have, mm-hmm. you know, um, the, um, uh, that are all transparent to us. We actually don't see our filters. <laughs> you know, we just see right, right through them. Right, we just see how we look through them. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and the exciting thing is you can change. That's the thing. You can change. You can change your perception. You can change your thinking. And I think what's so great about what you're sharing, too, is that I think it's really important for us as faculty to know how to respond to a student who's sharing with us, that they do feel really down, you know, maybe about themselves, like they've just failed a course and they don't know if they should be a pharmacist or be a physician or, you know, if if everything's going to come falling down since this one thing happened. And so helping them through those filters and helping through taking care of themselves and things like that, absolutely. Well, to your point, when I have a student come in and tell me that, you know, they are anxious, they're scared, whatever. I say it like this, I am doing anxious. I am doing being scared. Hmm. See, you know, where's it's the different. power here? Yeah, it's yeah. different, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you still need professional help, fine, great. Of course, just, right. But let's put it in that, you know, let's tell it from that point of view. Um, and then, uh, I mean, because it is all about the stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. tape, the running tape. Yeah, the tapes, exactly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is there a student um, experience or student question that's left uh, that's left left a lasting memory for you? Um, I this this is a story that a student 
told me, which I love. Um, I've actually been doing training with the city of San Francisco employees. Oh. And one of the uh, students in that setting came to me and said, I want to tell you a story based on, you know, what I've been hearing you say. He said, I, um, I live in a tra- 26-year-old male. He said, I live in a transitional neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's a little rough. And he said, sometimes when I go home at night, I feel vulnerable. He said, I feel like I'm wearing a skirt. And he said, but, he said, I realized, he said, I needed to change my story. So he <laughs> said, I pay rent on this street. I probably pay more rent than anybody does. <laughs> uh, I'm a good um, citizen. Mm-hmm. I'm a good renter. And um, he said, I started talking to people. And he said, I realized, and this is what he shared with me, he said, I realized I had become a victim of my own mind. <laughs> That has stayed with me for a very long time. That's huge insight, Isn't too. that huge? Yeah. Absolutely. I said, you should go teach this. Yeah, <laughs> go exactly. write a book about this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. How yeah. neat. Yeah, isn't that neat? Yeah, and I give um, students, I give everybody a prescription, literally a prescription, that says choose to feel good. Hmm. I, and with some, uh, you know, some uh, do it using mindfulness, for example, mm-hmm. using some breathing. I call it still point breathing, which I can actually share with you in a minute. Um, and I've had people, and I've been doing this for years, people come back to me years later and say, you know, I still have your prescription. I keep it you know, on the refrigerator. <laughs> I keep it in the That's pack. so great. Yeah, it's so neat. And there's no copay with this prescription. <laughs> no <laughs> formulary <right>. issues. <laughs> that's so neat. And so can you talk about still point breathing yes. and how that's helped people yeah. that you told about? Yeah, this is so marvelous. I mean, we know so much uh, about the benefits of breathing and the disadvantages of, you know, uh, uh, when we teach um, – the respiratory system in school, and we teach about all the inhalers and all, you know, all the things people, you know, do need. They have asthma or, or chronic pulmonary disease or whatever. Um, but the basics around respiration are fascinating. When you breathe in, and just be aware, just take a breath. I invite your listeners to just take a breath. Be aware at the top of your in-breath, and at, especially at the bottom of your out-breath, there's a point at which nothing happens. You know, don't hold your breath. Just be aware and put your awareness when it happens. At that point, your body's in perfect balance. Okay? Both systems are in perfect balance. We call it a rest and restore point. Hmm. It's a healing. It's potent healing. Mm-hmm. It costs nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like over-the-counter medicine. I mean, it's so it's readily available every, um, you know, 10 seconds. <laughs> right. I was going to say, you do it a million times a day. That's then right. you can focus on it. Yeah. And not only physiologically is it um, healing, but it also can help change your perception. Uh, you know, you're talking to someone who is upset or if somebody you're trying to help. If you just put your awareness on your own still point, you will find you will become more relaxed and focused. And you'll be surprised at what comes out of your mouth <laughs> when you're in this more relaxed state. Absolutely. You're no longer just reacting to the situation. You're really coming from your authentic self. Mm-hmm. It's really um, uh, a mind-altering technique that's so simple. Right. It's so quick and easy. Absolutely. So quick and easy. Yeah, exactly. So if you had a new faculty member who came to you, you know, or say it's someone who you've trained that's now entering a faculty position, would it be mindfulness or what kind of insight do you wish you had your first day at this job? That um, I am learning from my students that we're in it together Mm -hmm. and we're going to create something together. It's I may have a little more information 
and I concede it where appropriate, but if we're not actually in dialogue, if we're not actually interchanging, um, then nothing's happening. And and you will burn out so fast Absolutely. as faculty. And I'll, t- I'll tell you this story. Yeah. Um, I was doing CE for pharmacy, and, and there were like 200 pharmacists in the room. And at the end, a young man up front said to me, so when I go into the pharmacy in the morning and I see all the work that hasn't been done mm-hmm. and I see all the phone calls that have to be made and the prior auths, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you want me to take a breath and, and appreciate this? And he was obviously being a little sarcastic. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, a woman in the back of the room said, you know, when I come in in the morning and I see all the work that wasn't done, she said, I remind myself that I'm specially trained to do this highly specialized work. I even have a license to do this kind of work that most people don't have. She said, when I see that senior bus from the senior home pull up in front and the seniors line up, she said, I, I am so thankful that I have skills that can help them. Help them. I found out later they work in the same pharmacy. So I ask you, who's going to burn out faster? Who's going to sell around the profession? And more importantly, who would you want to work with? Absolutely. Huh? Yeah. person that comes in so angry versus, yeah. yeah. And it's the same about teaching, the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, um, if you're not getting a personal return here, you're not authentically present here, and you're not engaged, and, um, again, lighting fires, the fire <laughs> you have to light, light is your own as well, because if you're not lighting your own fire, you'll never light you know, the fires of your students, right. okay? Um, so that's the advice um, I give uh, young faculty, and I do help train some of the young faculty. Sure. And that's, uh, as you asked, that's the first thing I hope they understand and can apply and use. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then, um, so who inspires you? Who gives you your best ideas? I was incredibly lucky to be the graduate assistant of um, Malcolm Knowles, which is a name people today probably don't know, but he is considered the father of adult education. Wow. And um, when I came out of pharmacy school and worked for a number of years and then uh, decided to get into this program, I remember my first meeting with this man who was internationally known, written all kinds of you know, books about what we call active education today. Right. That's what he was teaching way back then. And um, he gave me a, um, a list um, and said, okay, these are a list of competencies that teachers, I think teachers should have, and um, I want you to grade yourself. Where are you on this list? And I, <laughs> this is so foreign to me coming out of pharmacy school where I'm told, you know, what the answer is for everything. Sure. Right? No self-assessment. No. You know, yeah. no reflection. And I had to learn, uh, and it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn that. And then I saw how he taught, and I, hard, I really hardly use the word taught, teaching, because it's the interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw how he interacted and how he pulled um, the learning from the group. Uh, and so he was my inspiration. It was absolutely incredible. And by the way, back when I was in that program, some of the early points that we would discuss is um, we would say, you know, the, the student... And the teacher are partners, co-equal partners in the process, and they change roles, okay? Mm-hmm. Where sometimes I'm Absolutely. sometimes, yeah, so I'm constantly learning. It has to be this partnership. We have to decide together how we're going to move down the road here and how we're going to actually assess, you know, are we moving in the right direction? Is this really helping? Mm-hmm. This is all done in partnership. And I had the inspiration way back then that this is all about healing, 
Mm-hmm. Because if, and the, and the first point is, if the student isn't engaged right up front, if I don't see the need to learn, oh, yeah. <laughs> nothing's going to okay. happen. No, absolutely. Turn, turn it out. Yeah. So if I don't understand the need to heal, if I'm not present in that process, okay, you can apply everything you want to me. It's not going to, you know, what mm-hmm. difference is it going to make? So healing is a partnership process, you know? That's great. Yeah. Isn't that neat? Along those lines, um, are there any uh, books or podcasts or resources that you would recommend to a new faculty as they're kind of figuring all that out? Yeah, Parker Palmer, anything by, Mm -hmm. you know, the incredible, you know, the courage to teach. I mean, that's beautiful. That should be the Bible, I think. Yeah, everyone should read it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I find more help with those kinds of than you know, all this formulaic stuff about you know mm-hmm. objective setting and I mean you, you sort of have to play the roles you know right. for that um, but I say don't take it too seriously yeah there's a reason I'm not on our assessment committee so. <laughs> okay. exactly what, what do they say um, what is this thing uh, about um, if um, oh about accountability or count just because it can be counted does it need to be counted you know? yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah all right yeah Back when I was very involved in um, looking at quality standards and did a lot of work in Washington, and we were talking about assessment, and um, uh, a gentleman stood up and he said, what every farmer knows is, can't fatten the cow by weighing it. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Huh? That should be the motto of every assessment committee, it right? It really should be. I have to tell the accreditation people. I know, <laughs> yeah, let's put in the next standards. Yeah. Trust us, you can't fatten it by weighing it. Yeah. No matter how many times you count it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, in terms of... Um, help um just pay attention to what's happening in the science i mean the science of neurocognitive um psychology is and mind-blowing mm-hmm. literally mind-blowing <laughs> so yeah pay attention to the science and, and i think maybe i've mentioned before if you even um the breath and we, you know when we teach respiratory systems we should be teaching the still point and the um the cardiac coherence mm-hmm. um in uh, both cardiology and in respiratory, um, we should be in basic physiology. We should be teaching homeostasis and the mind-body connection. That is um, so. I say to every. I mean, I, I encourage young students or young faculty members to stay abreast of the science. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a real exciting time. And and given our the session we just had, people are are starting to pay attention to it. In fact, you know we're paying the price with what we're seeing in our students, um, and um, not only students death by suicide, but just mental health. We talk about students, some students who are um, getting mental health treatment and can't share that with their families, right. especially given some of the cultures they come from, exactly, or, or just their own feeling of inadequacy. Uh, so if you don't have that uh, social bonding with your own family, well, that's just another factor that's going to work against you. If you have to keep it hidden, that right. only drives it, you know, more. Yeah. And it amazes me. I mean, as an advisor, I because I had a pretty smooth sailing trip through pharmacy school. Mm-hmm. I mean, all things considered, it was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. And some of the things that our students are dealing with in their personal lives just is amazing. I mean, diagnoses. Uh, concerns about immigration, concerns about all kinds of things. You know, there's just so many things. Illnesses, whether mental or physical, there's mm-hmm. there's so many things going on. There are. So the story you tell yourself is extremely important. Mm-hmm. You can get really caught up in external stories and external, you know, I, I advise everybody, don't, don't watch the evening news. Just turn it off. I mean, <laughs> yeah. God, you really want to put yourself in a bad place. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so what is 
reformulating the story mm-hmm. uh, and then this thing about verbal hygiene, what are you telling other people? I mean, mm-hmm. I see st- our students push each other into, <clears throat> you're not stressed about tomorrow? You're not afraid about tomorrow? Right. Oh, you, 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 haven't, know, you haven't done that yet? Yeah. You haven't started that yet? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a virus that they just, you know, spread know. on each other. So stopping that, I'll t- I, I love this. Um, I use, I, um, there was a TED Talk by a magician who is uh, an established magician who is part of the Royal Society of Magicians. You know, he's got a pedigree, you know. And he makes the point. He said, what's the one word that every magician uses when they pull the rabbit out of the hat or they make the tiger disappear in the box? Or what's the one word? Mm-hmm. Abracadabra. Yeah. yeah. Well, abracadabra really means this is the original Aramaic translation with my words, I create. Huh. Never knew so, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so I have some colleagues and some students now where we catch each other. Abracadabra. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, what are you saying to yourself? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because that's, that's where you're putting the cursor and your attention, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So pay attention to the story you're telling yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my last question for you is, I think I might already know based on what you said before, but what would be your overall prescription for success and happiness in this job and then in general? Uh, the prescription I give everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is choose to feel good. Mm-hmm. We, <clears throat> we have the ability um, to change what we think and how we feel. Uh, and there are some wonderful, simple techniques if you need them, like the still point, like moving into appreciation, and um, the story you're telling yourself, just be so aware of the story you're telling yourself. That's probably the number one. And ask your friends for help mm-hmm. because, I, you know, it's um, – I, I know I'm pretty cognizant of what other people are – stories other people are saying because I hear it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And I don't always hear myself. Mm-hmm. And as I pointed out at the very beginning, this is really all about me. <laughs> and that's why I do this. Because, so I own it and I'm learning and mm-hmm. um, start living it. Yeah, so. just reaching out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, reaching out. So absolutely. Ask for all the help. Mm-hmm. Ask for all because we're in it all together. Right. We can't yeah. do it alone. Now, there's this wonderful analogy you're probably familiar with if you took Psychology 101. Uh, it comes from Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, as you go deeper into the well of, your, of ourselves, okay, we find we're all connected by this universal stream. Hmm. You know, so we are all connected. Okay, and you don't want to pollute your well. <laughs> you don't want to pollute anybody <laughs> <Exactly>. else's, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah. much. I'm delighted. Thank you.